everybody, thanks again for joining me for another what I suspect is going to be exciting interview. Thank you for your time today, and I know you're going to learn. This is The Rundown with Ramon, where we help to make your life better or help you start or grow your business. The Rundown with Ramon on Black Enterprise. I'm here talking to a new friend of mine, Jermaine Sherman, and Jermaine is with Black Ambition. I believe I have the name pronounced correctly, but you'll tell me in a minute, Jermaine. So let's dive right in. Can you talk a bit about yourself? Just who you are, and also parallel to that, what is Black Ambition? What brought you here? I always like to get a little personal, know about people. So first, tell us who you are, and then about Black Ambition, and we'll dive into it. And again, welcome. I'm glad you're here with me today, Jermaine. Of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join, to share more about Black Ambition and the amazing work that that we, we do. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Jermaine Sherman. I'm the Managing Director of Programs and Operations at Black Ambition. Um, and um, I'd like to say that me finding the organization was really fortuitous. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, um, uh, single mom, uh, you know, the trajectory of my own life, I like to say, was forever and positively impacted uh, because I had folks who just took an interest in me and mm. were really um, committed to um, sharing access and opportunity with me in a way that would kind of change my life. And so uh, that's sort of, you know, lots of different career options, but really knew that I wanted to fundamentally land with an organization that was focused on building um, just the both the protective capacities, but the the sort of the power of communities um, mm. of color um, to actualize a vision of success that was derived from, from that community. Um, so at Black Ambition, uh, which is a nonprofit organization um, founded by the one and only Pharrell Williams um, with the objective of um, closing the opportunity and wealth gap in America by investing uh, in underrepresented entrepreneurs. And so our North Star, everything that we do is really focused on how do we create both the space, the conditions, and the relationships that position Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs to excel uninterrupted. And I, you know, I pause there to really encourage folks to think about what that means, right? Mm. That underrepresented entrepreneurs are just faced with barriers that are so unique to us, right? That inhibit our growth and our opportunity, whether that's access to capital or redlining or racism or gender bias or identity bias, right? That really distract us from building and innovating in the way that we do and we do so well. Um, and so we want to work to remove those barriers so that our entrepreneurs just flourish um, and are able to kind of create wealth generationally, but also share those opportunities with others. And so we do that in a few different ways. Um, one of our uh, our biggest program, our biggest signature program is a national prize competition. It happens annually and applications are currently open. So if you don't know about it, you've got to visit blackambitionprize.com to learn more about that. Um, but it's a national prize competition that connects early stage entrepreneurs with access to capital. And we're talking big checks here. Uh, our annual um, grand prize is a million dollars, a million dollars to one company. Uh, and prizes range between 15,000 all the way up to a million. So 50,000, 100,000, 200, 50,000, you know. That, I just want to say that's a serious chunk of change. I deal with like, hey, you won the grand prize. Come on stage and get $2,000 in a bag of chips. <laughs> and that's great. You know, that's great. It is great. It is. It is. Um, but what I would say and what I, I, I love to share and that really sort of energizes me is yeah. that the access to capital is obviously transformative for, for our founders, yes. but what they all comment on is the network, right? Like mm. the cash was great. It helped me hire my, my first three employees. It positioned me to go on to pursue other pipeline funding, but it was more so the mentorship that you gave me, right? We've had founders who through our three month mentorship program have been able to build relationships, to get guidance, to have thought partners and connect with people who've personally invested in their businesses, right? Who open up their, their Rolodex, their context to facilitate warm introductions. Um, 
through, you know, Pharrell's brand likeness and his network, we're able to really connect founders with whether it's retail opportunities or e-commerce opportunities, but really just helping our founders get access to opportunities and frankly, rooms that aren't necessarily, you know, readily available, right? And so we really stand in that gap of we're going to do the hard work of finding all of the like-minded ecosystem partners, angel investors, funders who are, share our vision of, of equity and sort of equitable access. And we're going to build a really strong community around you so that all you have to do is focus on building the business that you're building. Um, and I'll share that, you know, our, our prize has two verticals. So one focused on Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs who are building businesses in one of five categories nationally. That's uh, Web3, healthcare, technology, media and entertainment, or consumer products and services. And then we've got a second track that's primarily and exclusively focused on uh, Black and Hispanic entrepreneurs who have an HBCU affiliation, right? So thinking about entrepreneurship at a much earlier stage in our journeys, um, whether you're a current student or a recent graduate within the five, within the last five years. So if you're building a business, you meet that, that eligibility criteria, we would love to see your application come in. I love that. And you talked about Pharrell Williams. We all know him as, uh, you know, not like we know him, like he's our you know neighbor next door, but <laughs> the, the entertainer, the publicist. What was his vision? Then I will move on back to Black Ambition, but just talk about him a bit. His vision, why did he start it? Uh, was this a group of people who came to him? Was he laying in bed one day? Dang, how can I help the Black community? Which which version or something? Totally talk about that journey to yeah. being here, you know? Yeah, of course. You know, I, I I love to hear him talk about sort of the, the impetus for the organization and sort of what really encouraged him to, to do it. He's such a, a visionary leader, right? And such a creative and uh, just a successful entrepreneur in his own right. And, you know, if you look at just the work that he's done, he's done the commitment that he has to his hometown, the other ventures that he's built, he's got such a commitment to being of service to others and making sure that uh, brown communities have the opportunity to be excellent. And so he does that through his school, Yellow in Norfolk. Um, just given the the opportunities and the partnerships that he's had with other creatives, saw a gap, right? An opportunity or um, a gap in and sort of uh, the access that minority entrepreneurs had to to grow their ventures, whether that was. Um, kind of, you know, supports uh, in like the accelerator incubator space um, or even kind of the growth stage. And so I think it kind of just started as a brainchild uh, of, you know, what what would what would the world look like if folks could innovate uninterrupted? Um, and that's a very difficult question to ask. I think Pharrell loves difficult questions and like to take on very challenging things. And so he set out to build an ecosystem that provides that answer, right? That um, sort of creates a, a network of both supports and material resources that positions entrepreneurs to excel in such a way that bridges a wealth gap. And I don't say that just like money's great, money's great. Sure. And it kind of, you know, it's helpful. It is important. It is important, but it's critical to our well-being, right? Yes. It's critical to the well-being of brown communities, particularly when you think about the things that are happening today. When you think about um, the relationship between influence and power and dollars and how not being in the right places and not having access excludes us in ways that are devastating to our, our physical well-being, our mental well-being, and, and literally, I mean, our, our life expectancies, right? And so- the cool thing about being brown is that like, I don't know what it is, but like it's it's ancestral talent. Like we are innovative, we are resilient, we build things out of nothing. And so, I mean, there's so much data on this. We think about just like the creative and entrepreneurial spirit of brown communities compared to white counterparts. You know, it's it, it it's unprecedented. But then you ask questions around like, do you have the resources to build it? Can you start it? Are you able to, to raise a family and friend round? And that's where the discrepancy kind of comes in, right? And so we wanna remove those barriers. It's like, 
all you need is the idea and the the energy, the spirit, the spirit, the willingness to do it, and an MVP. And we've got all we've you got need is whatever God gave you. That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I understand. And I think one thing is interesting about this program. I'm sure there's others, but you know, I, I as one who is steeped into small business, oftentimes many of the grants, funds, prizes, contests are for the smaller businesses, which is great. You need it for your flower shop. You need it for this, that, or the other. This one, I believe, as I read, it is focused. I think you know, it's on the high growth. We want to know those who are going to be the next Google or Amazon or acquired by the billion-dollar company. Talk about that a bit and how this, as I'm understanding it, is a bit different than just you know the people I'm around a lot of times. Like you want a grant to build your cup company, which is great. We need those smaller, yeah. but this seemed to be the higher growth needing capital to get to the next trajectory. Is that is that right what I understand? That's absolutely, absolutely right. I think, you know, we surveyed the market and the programs that existed and saw a gap in supports for folks who are beyond the ideation stage, right? But not yet like a really healthy MR or like, you know, sort of, um, you know, close the kind of series E rounds, right? Like there are folks that are kind of strongly in that middle, that middle growth phase right. where They've got traction, you know, maybe they, they might even be pre-revenue, right? But they've got a prototype in hand. They've done the work to validate that there is a place in the market for their product or service. And so they just need that kind of initial investment. And so we really target those folks um, for the national prize competition. Um, at Black Ambition, we're a super small team, but an incredibly mighty team. And so we've got an entire other portfolio of work that really also supports folks who are at the ideation stage. In addition to the HBCU um, prize competition, we have a whole HBCU tour that we've launched in partnership with the Thurgood uh, Marshall College Fund and Techstars, where we literally visit uh, HBCU campuses, three days, super high energy program. By day three, you are building businesses and we're putting checks in your hand. And the next step for you would be, you know, apply for the Black Ambition Prize, right? Like we're creating a real strong continuum and a pipeline of supports from ideation all the way to growth stage. Um, and what I'll share is that like, our approach really works. And I don't just share that as like a fan and a, a person who works for the organization, but- As, as one who has a slight bias. A little, a little bias, a little bias, but it works, right? I mean, we are two years in and, you know, as a result of Black Ambitions Investment, we funded 65 companies uh, at approximately $6 million. $6 million. Those companies have gone on to raise uh, almost $70,000, right? So that tells us that like, we're doing something right. We're getting folks in the right rooms that the Black ambition being that kind of initial and first institutional capital in really makes a difference and empowers our founders to go on and just and do do the work that they know how to do, right? Got it. This is powerful for sure. And then talk, can you talk about any of the, um, uh, I know everyone, you know, like, who's your favorite baby? I don't want you to do that. But whether you want to mention names or whether you want to mention it as a metaphorical, can you talk about one or two of the companies? Are these uh, medical companies? Is there any company that had a special heart valve? Are these the next PayPal? Is it the company that has some technology inside Uber? I have no clue. Hair care? Talk about one or two of the of the companies, whether the names or not names, whatever you wish. Talk about yeah. those, you know, who you can think of. Oh, man, of. this conversation can go on and on for a while. Okay. Well, I have a 50 terabyte drive <laughs> and I have 40 hours. So let's bring it. All right. All right. Um, I'm going to share two thoughts. Sure. Um, the things that I would say consistently the team just loves about the founders that we support is there's this just common thread between them, right? Like mm. we look at scalable high growth businesses, but in some ways they're all um, like social innovation programs, right? They all have this commitment, this deep commitment um, to doing business the right way and in a way that prioritizes you know, return on investment, but also well-being, right? And so 
I share that to say that, you know, we've got um, our grand prize winner from 2021. His name is Justin Turk. Uh, shout out to LiveGistics, the CEO of LiveGistics, um, uh, an online SaaS platform for construction management based up in Detroit. Um, and they've been able, you know, fifth generation um, uh, entrepreneur really transformed the entire business from being kind of you know, tradition, construction, the traditional way that we know to being more back in real time construction management, actualizing efficiencies and kind of vendors and sort of waste management. Um, and, you know, that he's been able to land a ton of government contracts really growing. But outside of that, like he's a person from Detroit. He wants his kids to grow up in a healthy and beautiful Detroit. And so he's launched a variety of programs that are just committed to making sure Detroit is clean and beautiful, right? And that's not a thing that he's paid to do. It's just a thing that he's committed to doing. Um, and also diverse hiring practices, right? Training vendors to make sure that folks who look like us have more opportunities to get in that space, right? Um, making sure that there's a strong advancement pipeline and, and his employees. And more than that, hiring employees, right? He went from like, I want to say three employees to 36 over the course of like a year and a half. That's growth. That's transformation. That's a deep commitment to communities where he lives. And that just creates so much wealth and, and, and wealth opportunity creation for, for the folks who work for him. So, you know, but I share that to say that that theme is true of all of our, mm -hmm. all of our founders. Um, just an amazing um, commitment to wanting to, to what we call share the codes. It's a phrase that Pharrell likes to use. And it Can is say that phrase again. Sharing the codes. Sharing the it codes. Is, okay. When I figure out something that works, I yell it to the top of my lungs, right? Like our founders, if they land a meeting with a venture capitalist and they learn about a funding opportunity for someone else, I mean, my phone blows up in the chat, right? You got to meet this person. Here's their email. I share your deck. I've got this meeting. Come along with me. It is just a beautiful community of folks who see, um, like the commonalities and shared learning objectives versus like what in some cases and in some other organizations looks more like competition, right? Yeah. And so um, yeah. I think that's the kind of the general ethos of the Black Ambition founder, just a commitment to giving back. We have a, a pledge here called the BII pledge. It's a, it's a commitment to um, building, investing, and positively influencing the communities in which you operate. And so all of our founders do that. Um, on the, you know, um, just things that I love. I mentioned 65 companies we've invested in. I could name them all. But uh, and at some point, you know, all of their products and services are, become household names for us. We, you know, give them in holiday gifting guides. We uh, uh, procure them for all of our events and dinner events that we host. Um, but a couple of really cool things. Um, someone, uh, our grand prize winner this year, um, Camille Bell from Pound Cake Cosmetics has a lipstick, which Times actually called the best invention of 2022, because it uh, is a shade that doesn't change based on your skin. And, you know, for women, that's a big thing. Um, Michael Tennant uh, has um, a beautiful, beautiful um, a card game and kind of a portfolio of products that's all around helping folks cultivate empathy, um, both in the workplace and your personal lives. And he's kind of gamified that in a way that's easily accessible and, and fun. Um, Chantel, who's out of Atlanta, has uh, a cool uh, series of, it started with kids deodorants uh, that she said she came home one day and her, her child smelled like a man and she had to address that. And she's had just the most beautiful, beautiful journey of building a business from her living room, scaling in such a way, getting in Target, and then having her warehouse catch on fire and losing it all overnight. And when I say she re rebuilt, she rebuilt, she brought a ton of people along with her um, and has really shared some critical lessons along along the way. Um, I mean, I can I can go on and on, but we've got... Can I ask you, uh, Jermaine, you said it at the beginning, but I'm just so impressed at the fire you have for this. You can... <laughs> Feel your personal energy. You've said it already, but I'm just curious again, 
Why? This is not just an organization where you're like, oh, not. you clearly like these 65 and growing companies and what you're doing. Why? What's the fire come from? And I'm sure your team has the same fire. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, it's it it just very much aligns with, what I, with what I believe to be my my life purpose mm. um, through personal experience and observation. Um, there are a few things that I would say I know for sure. Right. Like there, everything can be questioned. Everything is kind of negotiable. But I know for sure that the world isn't fair. I know that talent is equally distributed and I know that opportunity is not. And, um, you know, I, I started by saying that like, um, I, I started working, I started my career at a really small nonprofit in Atlanta. Um, we went into the lowest performing schools. We identified the lowest performing students and we taught them debate education um, as a means to cultivate critical thinking skills, research skills, advocacy skills. And that was the first time that I saw a group of kids who've been told to me were like trouble kids, gotta go to jail. I mean, all of the terrible things that we say about brown kids that we don't understand um, change the trajectory of their lives forever. I mean, we're talking going to school, landing big jobs, dreaming beyond the confines of their communities. And so I think I knew that I needed, I wanted to do something that was related to like barrier busting. And, and that was a place where I saw real results. Um, you know, I went on to uh, work in education, uh, communication, uh, business school, and uh, public management consulting. And even in that world, I found myself only interested in kind of the public sector projects, right? Like working with, I, I spent a couple of years working um, with youth in foster care and juvenile justice and youth who were just systems impacted and thinking about like, they were dealt a hand that had nothing to do with them. How do we mitigate the impact of that on their lives to make sure that they can dream and vision and innovate, right? And so black ambition feels like such a gift because while I'm on the other end of that spectrum, right? Like I'm working with founders who are just amazing, right? We're talking doctors and lawyers and project managers and engineers who, um, you know, were doing well and saw an opportunity to fill a, a need that hadn't been met, right? And took mm -hmm. and, and gambled on themselves and bet on themselves and have that commitment to bringing others along. So it just feels like, I think what you're sensing is the the energy and the gratitude that it's like, I get to do what I love, but I, I know that it works. And that's such a gift, right? Lots of people don't don't have that. Um, and I know that it's the right work to do. So that's, that's I, what you're seeing. I love it. No, thank you. I feel it. And I love it so much. I'm curious, another question and a few more questions. And thank you so much for your time. By the way, one more time, give us the full name of the organization, website. Feel free to give that one more time as we're going to repeat that one more time. Of course, of course. Yeah. You can learn more about Black Ambition and our national prize competition at blackambitionprize.com. We are Black Ambition Prize across all the social, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and uh, if you've got any questions or want to reach out, uh, email us at info at blackambitionprize.com. I always like to slide in that little uh, uh, PSA in between my interviews. <laughs> I um, you know, in case people are skipping along or something. Um, talk to us, to, to talk to the startups, the founders who are watching this right now. You, you've answered it partly already, but what do you find are the keys to success or what are the keys to failure? Uh, agnostic of, of Brown, which I know is the, the big focus, but talk, talk to startups. What are you seeing yeah. also in the realm of Ramon? Here's why we're seeing startups are failing. Here's why we're seeing they're succeeding. Can you talk about that? What threads are you seeing? Maybe maybe there's people who've been in your program and have failed out, not because of you, but we told them over and over again, they had to hire whatever they didn't. And now they're, can you talk about that side of, yeah. of, of entrepreneurship and startup world? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough game, no matter what you are. Of course, it's tougher, as you already alluded to, being brown. But talk about just some of the things that people can do are doing wrong or what they should be doing right, whichever way you want. Absolutely, absolutely. that's a, a fantastic question. You know, I think 
there are a couple things to consider, right? At the top of the year, I think um, I think it was NBC did a report that uh, showed that access to capital, to venture capital, declined by 45% for brown minorities uh, this year. And we're already pretty low, right? Like, I think we'd only ever reached uh, kind of around 2% total access. So that's, that's really damaging. Um, and so you can just think about how difficult it is to innovate in this environment where having access to build out and validate your ideas is really difficult. And so access to capital is obviously a, a challenge that lots of startups face. And that is, um, I think, the biggest challenge that we have to, to, to address. And it's not only, you know, cutting checks, it's also um, educating folks around like different types of capital and, and mm -hmm. having access to institutional capital. And a lot of that has to come with like paradigm shifts, right? Helping VCs and banking communities um, really understand the value of brown entrepreneurs and why frankly betting on us is just good business. Um, outside of that, when you think about just the difficulty of, of innovating, you know, we survey our founders to really understand what their learning objectives are, how we can be, how we can add the most value. And another thing that we kind of hear quite often, and this is specific to folks who are kind of beyond that ideation stage or at the growth stage, is really just like talent, right? And finding like quality um, fractional leadership and being able to afford them to like build out whether it's a tech-enabled platform um, or you know something that's that's sort of heavy heavy engineering. So kind of being able to 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 match talent, um, and you know I think sort of beyond that, it's. Entrepreneurship is difficult, right? And it can be a very lonely journey. By itself, it is, yes. Just burn out, right? Like we, you know, the Black Ambition founders, many of them, we, you know, we say this often, they have nine to fives and then they have five to nines, right? right? And when you do that for three, four, five years and you've got little ones and family obligations, that become difficult. And so oftentimes it's also just a, a test of, of, um, of, of willpower and how long you can kind of endure it. And so I think that you know, it's a combination of those barriers and then some traditional institutional barriers that I think the traditional sort of, you know, underrepresented founder, a startup founder is, is facing. When I think about solutions, um, you know, the, the the best solution that I can advocate for is, of course, applying to the Black Ambition Prize, right? Like have a, a partner uh, institution that's really willing to work toward um, working through those things with you and willing to open up a network um, to really sort of tackle those things um, head on. But I'd say outside of that, it's just like surrounding yourself with folks who are also building, surrounding yourself with people who share your vision, um, who are innovating themselves and who can provide some amount of relief, whether that's just thought partnership, um, kind of sharing what has worked for them, what hasn't worked for them. But I think that having that network and which is in some cases, a, you know, kind of a protective mentorship network um, makes a world of a difference. And that's a lot of what our founders comment on um, when they reflect back on their time with Black Ambition, even as alumni, um, that 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 is the thing that really um, sort of energized them, um, that helped them to kind of take the next steps. I love that. I gave a talk, um, Jermaine, about uh, entrepreneurial depression. I gave a talk at that at South by Southwest some years ago, and it was preceded by me in my car just with, you know, just, you know, I like to be frank. And I just did a video like, you know what, I'm tired, I'm frustrated. And and I can't say I coined the term, but I haven't heard it like that before on triple yeah. depression. It got so many comments and lo and behold, I applied to South by Southwest. <laughs> they loved it. And the room was filled with people just resonating. So my point being, we entrepreneurs are a special breed, whether we have high growth startups or in my case, I specialize in building niche publication, I'm a motivational speaker, et cetera, a little different, but same principle. I, I've been there. I've worked full-time at the United Nations, had a family to support, was going to school at night and running a business. So yeah. I get it. <laughs> but, um, but yes, well, indeed. What's that? 
No, that 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 just the the framing of that being able to give it a name is it's helpful. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. But indeed, the entrepreneur journey uh, is tough. But listen, I'm glad the Black Ambition Prize is here to help with that. I encourage people to apply. I encourage people to get on the website to look at all the programs we're doing. Anything I didn't ask you uh, that you wanted to answer or share with us before we end? This has been a great discussion. I think shining a light on definitely a great, great uh, project. Yes, no, thank you so much for the opportunity to share more about the work that we do uh, and to, to reach uh, more folks and kind of sharing those resources. The, the last thing I'll maybe add is that, you know, if you aren't an entrepreneur, right, if you are, uh, you know, you spent 20 years in finance and you're a CFO and you're looking for volunteer opportunities, I'd love for you to reach out to think about how you can be a partner in supporting our entrepreneurs as a mentor, as a guest speaker, as an application reviewer, as we start to, to kind of score those applications. So just encouraging folks, like if you're not an entrepreneur, but you like being a resource entrepreneur, you want to be in this space, you feel like you've got something to contribute, a deep, deep expertise in one of those five areas that we support, you know, media and health, media and entertainment, healthcare, technology, web three, consumer products and services, we'd love to explore what, what that looks like. I love it. Listen, it's been great to have you with us today. The Black Ambition, why don't you give us the website one more time? Blackambitionprize.com. Great. Blackambitionprize.com. This is Ramon Ray and this is The Rundown with Ramon. Thank you for watching. I appreciate you being here.